You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 210. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Thank you for listening. Hi, hello, it's Marisa here. Ah, feeling so much better this week than last week. I will circle back to some more thoughts around that, but I'm also feeling especially energized and inspired and uplifted because I literally just ended the conversation with my special guest today, Seda. I bay. <laughs> I was making sure. I hope I got it right. Um, you know me and my I'm Marisa, not Marissa. And Seda has been my contemporary dance teacher. I had this vision when I was creating the YouTube series, the first round, which was now 2015. I wanted to, well, I still have this vision, right? I'm calling, I'm calling out to Netflix. I'm calling out to someone to help me produce this vision of having all kinds of artists featured in many different expressions and the beauty of video, of course, instead of, of podcasting or having a little docu-series is being able to see all of the artistic expressions and when I was imagining this, I was imagining asking Sida to come and be a guest on that series. And I will still hold that vision, especially after today. This has just been such an inspiring conversation. Well, you know me. I think I wax on a lot about all of my conversations. I do get very inspired talking creatively Creatively life business, right? That's what I say this podcast is about. I just, I love it so much. I'm always honored when a guest agrees to come and share a bit of their story and their insight and wisdom with us. And today is no exception. So I briefly talk about this, but right before I turned 40, I returned to dance and then I started with ballet and then I bravely dipped my toe into the world of contemporary dance. And that is where I first became introduced to Sida's work. And I won't go into a long history here because in this episode, I invite her to share more of her backstory with me right at the top because I also wanted to learn more about this beautiful person that I take dance class from and take class from again now. I had put it on pause while I had my studio space. It was a lot to juggle and I I lost track of dance for a little bit. And then I returned and returned to ballet, as you've heard me talk about before. And then when the pandemic hit, I thought, Isida teaching on Zoom, and she was. And so I've returned just in the last couple of months. I have returned to contemporary dance as well. Now I'm doing all of the things yoga, ballet, 
contemporary dance. Get ready. Have I told you that I'm going to take voice lessons? Yeah, I am. It's on my list. It's on my list. So in this episode, enough about me and my in my path to dance. I just wanted to give you a little backstory as to why dance is becoming part of the podcast over the past few weeks and has just, I've said this before, but if you are new to listening to me here, I, it has really been saving me so much. It, it always does all of, all of yoga, um, dance, you know, painting for me. I have, I know what helps me. And during this pandemic, having the opportunity to continue to take live classes from teachers I really admire and respect and just love learning from, it's it's been wonderful. And it helps restore my sense of self and balance and well-being. And you know, I've talked to you over the last couple of weeks with a focus on calm and, you know, we still want to the election has has kind of, we hope, fingers crossed, yes, it is moving forward, and yet there are new areas of what we're going through that we continually need to now especially find ways of connecting, staying reconnected to our sense of self and, and really making a priority for what gives us some joy and brings us some comfort. And one of the reasons I wanted to have Siddha on this week as a guest is because I need to tell you this right now, if you're just listening to the beginning of this episode, she and her dance company are having a performance. They've already done a couple through this new format on Zoom. And so for a very reasonable, I think it's $5, my goodness, it's a gift to attend their performance from the comfort of your home this Saturday. The links will be in the show notes to this episode. And if you're listening to this on my blog, you'll see them there as well to register. There are two different times that you can attend. And I I have not actually seen Sita perform. I have always just uh, watched her in class. And as I've said many times, I just want to sit and watch. I love dancing, but it's really mesmerizing if you've not seen a contemporary performance. And Seda has trained both classically in ballet, and she also has trained with Alvin Ailey dancers. And so you can imagine this incredible blend of just this art form. It's it's really stunning to to watch. I know you'll enjoy it. She always chooses really beautiful music as well. And I might have gotten a sneak peek in class this week where she gave us a tiny snippet to try in terms of the choreography in class. So I will be excited to see where I can recognize that part as well. But really with today's episode, she says this to us a lot. And the reminder is as artists of all expressions, you have a gift and she is of like mind in that we as artists, and I feel especially during this time, that it is it is our role to inspire and encourage and uplift and invite people to really tap into their own artistry because she, as 
as as do I, believe that the artist is within all of us. And so without giving away too much, I'm basically, I'm basically so excited to share what we talked about. I'm giving you a bit of a spoiler alert, but I want you to dive deep into this episode and really take in all of the wisdom that she's sharing. It's just beautifully said. And if you have ever thought about pursuing dance, honestly, now is a fabulous time. And we talk about that as well. Why now might be a very excellent time for you to pursue something that you've, that's been calling you perhaps, you know, I'm always going to encourage you to do that. And so without further ado, definitely just be inspired and attend the performance this Saturday. That is November. Where are we already? Oh my goodness. November 14th, 2020. If you're catching this afterwards, uh, go to the show notes and you can also find Seda on Instagram at I-B-A-Y-B-A-Y underscore Seda at S-E-D-A and get on her mailing list so that you can keep up with future performances because they may be doing one in the coming months in the early winter months. Okay, I'm very excited to share this conversation with you. I hope you all are doing well out there and enjoy, enjoy being invited into another world of dance with Seda. Okay, Seda, I am so happy to have you here. I, you don't know this, but I had... I had was when I was first dancing with you, I was creating a YouTube series. I was trying to produce it all myself with video, and I had this idea that I was gonna it you know feature all the arts, all different kinds of artistic expression, and be able to show the dancer or the knitter or the painter. And so I really just want Netflix to help me do it. It was too much for me to do for myself. So I've had this vision that the short version of that story is I've had this vision of inviting you on to talk about dance because working with you and taking class with you has been a huge influence for me. And especially during this time, it has been such a treat to be able to dance with you and to hear your insight. And um, you just inspire a lot of thoughtfulness and transformation and just observation within ourselves beyond just the the beauty of dancing. And I was wanting to um, invite you here to share some of that with our listeners, because I know they will love it. I know we talk a lot about the arts and and bringing that gift to the world but first i was hoping to just hear even for me i don't know a lot about your story and how you came to la as a dancer so if you'd share some of your history with us and how you got into what drew you to dance and then came here to california wow (laughs) that's a big story um so first of all thank you so much for having me um Let's see. Well, how did I start dancing? I, according to my mom, I was always dancing. Um, and, and I was always dancing that. And she didn't know how to entertain me 
and my sister with games. And during the time, she was taking jazz dance classes in Turkey, Istanbul. So um, she would come home and she would teach us what she learned. And that was our game. That was how we played with mom. And, uh, and through that, uh, I guess I don't remember it, but it came to a point that uh, me and my sister, we asked her to, um, for her to take us to dance classes. And that's how I got into um, dance, I would say. Even though, I, yes, I started when I was five, but doesn't matter. I always say when you're in five, you're, you just learn about um, creative movement and such. It's not really, really dancing. So I would say actual understanding of what I'm doing and such, it probably started seven years old. And so um, I started dancing in Istanbul, Turkey. And uh, um, school was always super important for my family. So they asked us, me and my sister to go to the studio serious studio and keep the art seriously yet give equivalent energy and effort into our studies and learning the world learning history there was a point um that our school system during those years was different when um first five year is primary school then um, we had six years of high school with the one extra year of preparation learning language um, so when I was finishing primary school and right before starting the high school, my mom was kind enough to ask me if I did want to go to conservatory or I wanted to stay with the track of series high school and series studio. And I was lucky because during that year till that moment, I was always like, Oh, I would like to go to the conservatory. I don't want to go to um, serious high school. I want to continue with art. But then um, I had a moment of, uh, it was an intensive that I took with um, Royal ballet came to Istanbul. And um, I, I was, even though I was younger, I was able to take some with some of the conservatory students that they were preparing. And I realized none of them knew any language. None of them had, they were beautiful dancers, beautiful artists, but um, there was something missing. The history was missing. The, the way of seeing life was different. And I decided, you know what, I can put that serious work on my own, going to the studio, continue on my own. But I really want a world about mathematics. I want to learn about the world. I want to learn languages because my mom was speaking five, six languages at the moment. I'm like, I need to know more than one. <laughs> it's important. And um, so I decided to go to French high school. But when I was in high school, I was still continuing dancing at the studio. And it, at the age of 13, I started to be very creative about um, what I was doing. That um, I went to the high school director. I asked him, may I, instead of doing the PE class, I hated running, may I please um, have a couple more dancers with me, a couple more friends with me from the school, and we'll prepare dance for assemblies and special days. They said no, because I was only 13, and they thought I was just laxing off, you know, running away from doing the PE. Um, so after school, 
me and two more friends, three of us, I started to choreographing, prepare something. And within the first assembly, we did perform three pieces. And I surprised all my teachers and all the, direct, the director, both French and Turkish director, that at the end, they called me to their office and they're like, okay, we see you're serious. You can use the PE for your dance company. So I had my baby's pre-dance company uh, when I was 14 years old um, mm -hmm. and it called Les Chats de Saint-Michel um, which is uh, the cats of uh, Saint-Michel and, uh, and I started to prepare pretty much one and a half to two hour performances uh, to be presented either yearly or twice a year uh, my sister was in it um, we were we started like five six people ended up being 12. Uh, we created all the costumes all the decorations i learned how to use the lighting board so i started to understand the full concept of production not as just a performer because that's what i was doing at the studio but actually putting the production together um so from that point on uh we did couple uh national competitions it wasn't like you know when we say competition in this country it it the thought is slightly different but it was very artistic it was not i would say it was more contemporary more um out of the box especially what i was doing and and i was the only student choreographer everyone all the other schools came in with actually teacher choreographers and we won first place and second place. And each year we won different prizes. And then it's so funny because at the end of the last one, that the one that we won first place, um, I turned, I don't know why I did because there was no such thing at the moment. I turned to the camera. Someone was video recording, you know, archiving the moment. I said, I came from Hollywood. I'm going to go back to the Hollywood. I'll see you later. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea why I say that. And years later, I'm like, wow. <laughs> then later, parents, they could come to the United States. Till that moment, I was studying mathematics and um, my major was going to be economy. And I was doing the on the side to continue the dance seriously. Um, I I was gonna go to Europe, but going to Europe, going to France meant that I had to stop dancing, and I really didn't want to stop dancing. So I asked my parents if I could come to the United States and do double major economy and dancing. And it as was one like, does economy, as everyone, <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and then I took one class and I said, I will not do economy. This makes no sense. And I turned my parents and said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to change. Is it okay if I do TV production, TV related and, and minor and do dance major? And they were kind enough to say yes. Well, they didn't have my choice by then, I guess. Um, I was already in the school, you know, all that expenses were made. My mom later said that they always thought I would give up and go back. And I was like, it was so hard because when I came here, I spoke French, I spoke um, Turkish, but I did not speak English. And it was hard to not to have any Turkish people around and not to know the English. And 
um, I would take the French vocabulary and twist it and make it sound like English and it wouldn't work, you know. Um, but dancers are survivors. And uh, I, my parents had a travel agency growing up. So I, I grew up going around the world I always knew how to communicate by using my hands, using my imaginations, come across some way. Um, so it happened. And then I went to SMC, studied dance. And then I went to UCLA, studied dance. Then I went to New York, Ailey, studied dance there. And then I couldn't finish the Ailey program because I was running out of the budget. And so <laughs> I decided to <laughs> come back to Los Angeles because I already had place to stay because my parents, um, since they knew that I was going to stay in this country for X amount of years for a while to finish all the studies, um, they didn't want to spend the money to rent. They wanted to invest into an apartment so that they could sell it. And it's, it's not a lost money for them. Um, then I was like, okay, it makes no sense. I'm, I'm there. There's an empty house on the other side of the country. What am I doing? <laughs> so I came back and I started having my own company here, started teaching, um, performing with other companies and then I did a full circle around and um, started teaching at the Santa Monica College, where I started taking classes. Which is originally. SMC. That's what you're and saying. SMC is Santa yes. Monica College. UCLA. SMC Santa Monica College. Alvin Ailey. Those were some of Alvin Ailey schools. Yeah. When I was in college, I saw them live in Gainesville, Florida, and I was just so it's my favorite. inspiring it's so, so inspiring. inspiring oh the strength and the physicality of those dancers it's just Passion. incredible yes yeah oh, yeah <laughs> we will yeah. do this with a video one day so we can feature your dancing which we will talk about shortly but yeah 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 so that's how it all started. Wow, that was long. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. We need I need the I need the full backstory. So really this has just been you had, you know, parents who saw it in you and supported it early and it's just been yes. your it's been your life basically, right? It yeah. has been. And it's so funny because everyone um around me, they always said, Oh, you should find more what else, you should find more more just don't get stuck in one thing and and I'm like no matter what I do I end up finding myself in dance and and that's what makes me happy and so I don't think I have to find other things I I do do a lot of things I do music editing I do dance film editing I do um um, Photoshop. I, I have those editing interests, creating in different mediums, but you know, movement, it's, it's something so much deeper for me that I can really connect with myself. Yeah. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because now more than ever, um, I just really think, and you know, you, you've mentioned this too, that whatever we can do as artists, first of all, it's just, 
I feel so fortunate to feel connected to that same thing for myself. For me, it's mostly in the visual arts and painting and illustrating. And then I weave it into Photoshop and <laughs> editing and, um, you know, dancing. And then also, I now also teach other artists. Mm. And having, trusting that somewhere along my journey was a little different. It came li- a little bit later for me because I didn't, I didn't think I could make a living at it, first of all. And I was, mm-hmm. I was wondering really quick if you chose economy because you were trying to do something <laughs> that you I thought. Chose, I chose economy net. to please the parents. That was <laughs> it. I mean, um, I already knew what I wanted to do. And I think I chose economy not just to please them, but also I was good at math. So I was like, oh, sure, why not? But then I realized when I took the first econ class, it was like, wait, this has nothing to do with math. (laughs) You know, (laughs) this is not something I want to do. (laughs) That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, So to find that and have that in your life, I feel that it is part of our service within the world right now to encourage others to kind of reflect that in themselves, whatever that may be. It can be so many different forms. And so mm-hmm. I, I was wondering if you might want to talk a little bit about that. You know, when you talk about the gift that we have as artists and if, if you would say it exactly the way you tell us, <laughs> you tell us, be inspired and go out and inspire. Yeah, I always say be inspired and go out and inspire someone because as artists, um, that's why we are here, to inspire people, to inspire the world, to um, to make a change, to create the change, to create the transformation, to not to show them the, you know, artists could do both, show the mirror, the harsh image of what's happening in the world which is great, but also we have to flip it and show what can be done to heal it too, because we can't just be problem, 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 problem. Then it's all depressing, right? Art shouldn't be depressing. It should give some solutions. It should give hope. It should give inspiration. It should be something to provide something to look forward to. And um, I believe, Anyone is artist. Everyone is artist. I do too. You can be, you can be artist. The way you do your law, you know, the way you create. Um, you, you can be an artist. I don't know. Being at Starbucks, you can be an artist, creating those taste and t- profile of flavors and such. You can be, you can do whatever boring job you might be thinking, but you can put art in it and the sensibility of art and artistry in it and not just you elevate the job but also you feel better about what you're doing instead of it's just a nine-to-five job I get out and now I live my life I I think I stopped believing that for a long time I don't believe that you should be living your life after work (laughs) that's such a big waste of time that's a huge waste of time I know you might not be doing your dream work I understand and I have done that too Um, but 
I think the way you approach to life and work, you can, you can choose the way you want to approach it rather than this is work. I'm going to work. I don't care about it. I'm just going to do it and get out of here and I'm going to do my happy hour and I'm going to start my life. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. And that's a, that's, I haven't heard it put like that before, but that's very (laughs) profound. That's very profound. And how many, you know, how many people are just in a position where they feel that that is their only choice. And if there is a little bit of a silver lining with what we're experiencing now through this unusual um, pandemic year is that a lot of people are having an opportunity to maybe reflect on that and to consider, they may even be forced into considering other options and, you know, um, coming back to this idea of what, what we as artists can offer during this time in particular when I'm talking to about reflecting, reflecting back what's possible for them in tapping into something that really brings them joy, you know, in whatever capacity they can at first, but to really treat that as a priority that, you know, a discovery, because a lot of times I find that, that people don't know what that is for them. And I think that they haven't really invited that possibility of exploration mm-hmm. into, you know, their routine. Like even, and I hope that we'll get to talk about this too. I can imagine a lot of people might feel really intimidated to study dance and mm-hmm. to maybe not even, not even give it a try, you know, just, just going into a class and feeling like, <laughs> can I do this? And I almost feel like, you know, now with, with Zoom, if you're at home, <laughs> you might like be a little braver. You might be willing to try something. But I'm going on a couple different threads there. But just this idea of inviting people to um, access that for themselves or showing them more of what's possible or how do you how do you do that with the work that you do or with the students that you work with in the teaching that you do? Um, I think right now during the COVID time, I have been really focusing on changing the way I teach, I would say, because you know how I used to teach at um, yeah. at the studio. Yeah. Obviously, Zoom is not the same. So I can't teach the way I would teach at the studio. Things has to shift. And some of these shifts has been very positive and very good, I think, Um, it inspired me. It made me think out of the box. It made me come up with different ideas. And some of this, um, some of the ideas of Zoom just limited, which is fine as well. Um, I would say people are already in this dark space where COVID is happening um, we have a lot of, um, a lot of hate crimes happening. We have a lot of, uh, negativity passing by. So I think it is important for, for teachers to take the step further as artists 
um, and and elevate, bring bring hope and elevation to what they're teaching. It's not that you don't teach anymore math. You don't teach any more dance. You don't teach any more modern or ballet. You don't just teach. You don't. You don't just teach whatever you're teaching. It's bigger than that. You are now a source of communication. You're a source of inspiration. You're a source of motivation. You're a source of. Um, you're. You're more than just the subject teaching. So, um, you're a guide. You are a, I don't know. I, I find, I find there's so much more now than just teaching the steps. So I try to go in, it started with SMC. How do I motivate my students to show up? Because Zoom is not such an admirable place to take a class. Or, or feel connected, feel the energy of dance. So how do we change that? How do we make it that we adapt and change and still give something super valuable that brings back the students, that brings back the artists and elevates everyone no matter how difficult the um, learning from screen is. Um, so I started to think outside the box. I started to think, ask questions to myself. If I was a student, what I would like to get from this class. Each class should have a purpose, a goal. Within that goal, personal goal, and there should be a goal for unity as a class. It might be about that they transformation it might be about curiosity finding something new it might be about um it might be about moving from inside out moving every movement comes from the heart it might be about moving just with your eyes and finding the movement so i started to find different tasks um and it helped me to stay fresh and i think it kept the students um, to think outside the box and start to get more inspired about what they're doing, not just movement up and down, side and side. Yes, exercise is good, but how can you create a bigger artistry with what we are doing? So that's how I changed my approach to teaching. And with that being said, as a choreographer, when we are rehearsing, it's much harder than teaching because now we're trying to create the art separated apart through Zoom. Um, and there's timing issues, there's this issues and that issues. And how can I keep my dancers motivated and excited and, and give it 150%? Because I'm looking a lot of the people who are in the arts and I'm sad that there are so many people who are taking a long break. Mm. Um, I have spoken with beautiful dancers and they're like, Oh yeah, I have been taking, I have not been taking any class. I've been moving on my own, which is great, which is good. But um, no, I haven't been doing much because I don't feel like it. And I think, I think that's downwards rather than, 
being flexible, being adaptable and taking and taking this moment and using it, as you said, to discover yourself and maybe get courage and try something you would normally not try because you are in your comfort zone of your home. So there is that aspect of it. You could try something that might look crazy to you just going into a space and feel everyone's looking at you, but you know that you know how it works. No one has time to look at you because everyone is um, looking at the speaker view to be able to see actually the teacher. So you already know that you're not spotlighted. So that's what I'm thinking. That is the best approach for now. And, and keeping people inspired by creating art giving the opportunities to, for them to take classes. Um, there were a couple of times I had to cancel my classes and I had people texting me and like, I hope you're okay. I'm so <laughs> sad we don't have class. I was so looking forward for that inspiration, you know, and, yeah. and I, I can, I, I can understand. I can feel I, we do need that something to look forward to. We need, we do need that, schedule in our life some kind of order and schedule in our life so that the monotony of staying at home working from home cooking from home eating from home socializing from home you know (laughs) oh no i would do that anyway (laughs) yeah i i don't know what i would do without dance and yoga right now i just you know i it's definitely saving me and that's where I've also been inspired just to bring more stories of, of you who are my teachers in that space forth because I want to encourage, I want to encourage people to try it (laughs) and to whether it is dance or just, just the physical movement too is part of our mental well-being during this time because we are, as I remind myself to sit up straight, we are, I am sitting so much. I mean, I already had an online business, but this has, this is intense. My body feels it. So if I don't counterbalance that with so much sitting, it's, you know, so it's twofold. It's for your physical wellness and, and most importantly, your mental wellness and and then with well, yeah, I mean, to express as well. The reality is, when you exercise, when you are active, serotonin is um, released in your brain, which is the hormone of happiness. Yeah. So it is a mental health. You don't need to take a pill for your mental health. In a sense, you can do more with uh, movement, with being active, with being physical, gardening touching soil, touching plants. Um, I don't know. Cooking is still beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to prepare, see, that's the difference. I used to prepare food and, um, and cook something, but now I really am putting the time to cook and see how can I make it interesting and different because, you know, how many months, seven months we've been cooking at home. 
you have to make it interesting. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just it's a crazy. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Yes, I, I love it too. I mean, it's a part, I consider it a creative expression and it gives me a lot of joy to make a good meal. And um, I'm, I celebrate you also because I really admire the people I've worked with in, you know, the, the pre-pandemic capacity who have not shut down, who have pivoted quickly and embraced a new form of economy, you know, a new approach to connecting with people, especially with something like dance, where so many people thought that's not really possible to do in this capacity. Mm -hmm. So how, how were you able to do that with, you have your company and then obviously the college is, is also teaching from home and then you have your private classes as well. Mm -hmm. How were you able to make that pivot so quickly and embrace something new in the way that you shared with us? It was really hard at the beginning. Um, I was doing it with my laptop. Uh, you know how laptop screens are small. Uh, I know a lot of people are still doing that. And I think that's part of it, why people are kind of giving up because it's really fatiguing um, to to be in a small, like you're trying to focus and see and all that. Uh, especially with movement. And if you're caring about the students and you're trying to give them corrections so they don't hurt themselves in their environment, um, which is very important, it is very hard. I actually, at the beginning, was getting dizziness. I, I got for, a, for about a week or two weeks um, a serious vertigo. Mm. Um, I was not, I was getting sick. I was getting dizzy. I was not being able to lift my head. Um, and I really do believe it was from teaching by looking at the laptop and such. So, um, once I realized that I decided, you know what, it seems like this COVID situation is going to stay for a long time. Uh, let me figure another way of doing what I'm doing. Since I do have dance company and I do do multimedia projects as well, I decided to invest uh, purchasing a projector. Mm -hmm. And oh. um, so you so can see us big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big yeah. in your studio. I see you full projection, <laughs> huge entire wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's an entire wall and I, I that's why I can give so much correction and I don't have to kill myself with my eyes or my neck oh my goodness <laughs> um, so that's what I have been doing and that's what saved me the best because um, I, my husband was saying we should we could try to put a monitor there but the sizes, you know, when you look at uh, those schools, a lot of them are using huge monitors. And I checked that the prices of monitor is more expensive than buying a projector. Yeah. So I'm like, I would use that for performances. I would use that for other places too. I rather invest to a projector than a monitor that is clunky and all over the place. So yes, I got a projector and that was my saving grace. Um, I can see everyone. I can correct everyone. Um, that's, that's the biggest, biggest, biggest help I would say. Um, 
And I had my dance space uh, where I live before this COVID happened. I already had it. When we moved, I saved money for a while. And I always had my dream. I always choreographed in between the bedside and the, you know, <laughs> the wardrobe and such. I, I always, always had my small spaces to choreograph. But I always dream of having actual space. And when we moved to this house, um, there was a garage. And I said, I'm claiming the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband was kind enough to let me claim the garage. And I, I converted the garage a while back um, with the uh, sprung wood floor and marley floor actual dance space. Wow. Um, I had my mirrors. And I was using that because renting studio is always so expensive so I was using that for my company rehearsals and my own rehearsals to save money as well um, but I want to be gracious because um, no matter how much I had my space with bigger groups and such it was always it's not enough space for to get really prepared for stage so along the way I had great supporters like dance line and um when yuri gregorov school of ballet was open yuri gregorov school of ballet when catnap was open catnap where we reside as a company and um we uh we were working in their space so i have to be gracious about that or those opportunities that were given to me and i never take it granted they are so gracious to give us that space because you know how expensive renting a studio especially yeah. now <laughs> yeah. so um having that space having projector it just i could then i was able to flip it and be able to find my own way of okay this works i had to change it that means now i'm facing my students i have to flip my mind they're this is their right side, which is my left side and such. So I had to get used to calling it reversed, which made me flexible in my thinking. Sometimes I get stutter a little bit, um, but in general speaking, it's good for your brain. It's good for your brain to get out of that constant doing it same way, same thing and do it differently because it it makes your brain work and uh, awakens it um so that's how i've been coping with yeah it's that's fantastic the projector what a great yeah. idea yeah. <laughs> that's a fabulous idea i was wondering i assume maybe you had a big com computer monitor but a projector. oh no 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 oh. projector and i would say I, i'm not gonna take that credit on myself it's my I have to give that credit to my husband we give it to your husband what is his name I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it to Carl Owens I'm gonna give it to him because he's a film school graduate and that's how we met actually doing yeah. projects together and um and he's always into you know green screen project like he's always into gadgets so he was the one who said let's do projection that's how we did yeah, that is excellent. Well, so talk to me. Um, I'm excited to invite people. We wanted to get this episode up and out to just let people know who are listening on the day it releases that you're doing a performance. Is this with your company that it you're is with the company? Together? 
and you're all, can you talk to me about how you're doing that? You're all in your individual spaces. spaces. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. then you're coming on Zoom and that's all I can guess from there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's um, live Zoom performance, which we are excited because since COVID started, everyone has been doing more of, of um, filming and putting the film performances and making it available that way. But there's something so special about live performance. Yeah. Uh, even though it's Zoom, we still have to deal with uh, live problems and react to it and act to it. And even though it's Zoom, even though we don't see our audience visually, we still see participants' numbers. We still know people are there for us. We still have that energy. I, I don't know how to express it, but... When we first performed it in April, that was a different piece that I created. It was Isolated Connections. And it was about being in your house space and being in your uh, daily life and how dance affected, how dance got affected um, this new space. Um, and how, as a dancer, you got affected by this new space. So that was the concept of it and connecting to each other isolated connections and it turned out to be great performance and when we first did it i was so nervous i could not tell you like i it was like butterflies like i would be live on stage and it was so exciting we had q a which allowed us to really connect with the audience and hear them and feel mm -hmm. them more so after that we did another performance i created another performance which is this one which is completely different concept. Now it's not going to be about being in your house, using your couch. It's not going to be that. Um, I wanted to, being in the house, I wanted to make sure that we are creating this new dimensional place. Because we said it's all about growing as an artist. It's all about growing as a person, human being. And as I explained it to you, um, I feel transformed myself since the beginning of COVID till now. Mm. I decided I cannot do another isolated connections. I cannot do the same performance because I don't feel the same way as an artist. I feel different. I feel so much has happened and I feel, um, I feel it's a new world. I feel it's a different world. So I wanted to create this new piece called Yakamos. Yakamos means in Turkish, there's no English translation. It's basically um, when the moonlight hits the water, there's this glittering happens on the water and it comes all the way through the sea. Um, and, and that's glittering is called Yakamos in Turkish. It's basically the pathway that comes from the uh, moon all the way to the shore. And in Turkey, that's a, that's a very special thing because, um, Turkey is surrounded by, by water, three, three parts. So we always grow up with water, water, water. Um, it's in the culture where we sit down, socialize, you sit by the, by the water, you talk and you um, raise your glass to cheer, to, to, to say to our honor 
and tell stories by looking at this beautiful water with the glitter. And it, there are so many stories told during that. So I decided to call it Yakamoz and I decided to take a journey as if um, we come to earth and we are now walking on top of that water and take the journey to the moon and find another dimension and find the journey of being in this another dimension. So it's a world that we created and I don't want to say so much, but there are surprise elements in it. And uh, um, (laughs) we're trying, we're having little technical challenges, but it's hard. Let me say that because uh, it's not like being on stage on stage dancers get up there's a lighting designer there's a a stage crew you're taking care of Mm. good old days are gone Um, with zoom we have to learn where to put our camera how to angle our camera we have to learn how to when to turn it on when to turn it off we have to learn everything and that has to be ingrained in the choreography in such way that it still is magical without making it look like oh i'm turning off my (laughs) camera Um, so it's it's a lot of creative work which is challenging but makes you think more out of the box yeah oh I'm so excited the truth is I've never actually seen you perform I Ah, missed the earlier ones and I didn't get to see anything in person when I was um, taking class from you before. Mm -hmm. I was just posting in stories that most of the time when I attend your class, I would really rather just watch you dance. (laughs) I mean, I know, don't misunderstand. I love the dancing, but I'm like, let me just watch. (laughs) Even when you demonstrate, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And you... I had taken some lyrical jazz early on. I have danced off and on like little bursts here and there since I was four or five, I think. Uh But I got intimidated along the way. I had some not good experiences and it Mm. shut me down, both as an artist and in, in that capacity as dance. So for me coming to, well, at the time it was YNS to dance line was like this big step for me. I was almost uh-huh. 40. And I was like, I am not shying away from this anymore. Like I'm stepping in. I'm and so then, happy you did. <laughs> thank you. And yeah. I am too. And then coming to your class was, was, I was trying to find something where I had experienced a little bit of lyrical jazz because I just, I, I wasn't as drawn to the traditional jazz, but I loved like the flow and the Alvin Ailey and the And now, too, having this opportunity to, of course, when you look at things on Instagram, just seeing some of the art and the dance that's being out there, it's showing me more and more. And it's, I just love it so much. That whole feeling, I don't even know how you describe it, but it's just, it's really mesmerizing to watch Mm. and to, on the moments when I capture a little of it myself, and I can start to feel it come together. It's just, uh, it's great. It's so good. And then obviously, I mean, you're professionally trained within ballet too. You were teaching ballet yes. as well. And then I've been doing that also and, and loving that. So having that foundation and then being able to break out of that mold a little bit and take it further, it's, it's just all flowing together. And it's so... Mm-hmm. 
It's so, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that I, I came back and I, as an artist, I'm self-taught as an artist. And so I really encourage a lot of, I have the same belief as you. I believe everyone is creative in, you know, to whatever capacity, whatever expression you are drawn to. Usually I find when you open one door, a lot of them start to open. You believe that this is possible. Then you're like, let me try this and let me try this. And, and so I always in the background of what I do want to encourage that creativity for others to really, again, believe that it is possible for them and to not let those voices of, of doubt. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it, because it really is, and it's always the same thing. And in dance, you feel it in particular, um, you feel eyes on you, you know, you feel that someone could be judging you and you feel that you're not good enough. Like when you're making your art, you can always decide whether to show it or not. But if you're dancing, you're really showing up in a class Mm -hmm. and you are participating with people at no matter what overall level, there's always different levels within that group. And I find, I mean, I just would find it sad again, that people would feel like they couldn't participate in that way. And I do think that there's a really wonderful opening with Zoom in particular, like we were talking about earlier, where someone could really try. I mean, technically they could put their camera off. Obviously they don't get any feedback, but they could actually try. And also the other thing is um, when, let's say if you're taking class at Santa Monica College, uh, we offer to the students because of the COVID, because of the challenges of um, what's happening right now, um, we also offer flexible, um, taking the class flexible. We call it asynchronized, which means teachers do post the video Zoom recordings of the classes to the modules that we have. And um, as a student, if you're taking it flexible because your work schedule doesn't work, because some, you're in another country, we do have a lot of students attending from Japan and other countries that their time difference, they cannot commit to the time that I am teaching. They go and watch the video and do it on their own. And then they send me small snips of of videos of themselves doing certain homeworks and I give them feedback through that. So if you are really shy and you don't want to be really seen, you can even take a class like Santa Monica College where it's flexible, you're just watching the video and doing it really on your own. And then when you need that feedback, you're asking your teacher and they're giving you feedback. Uh, I think it did open up a lot of a space room for the courage to come in and anyone to take the classes. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point. This, there are replays and a number of people are starting to do that, create recordings. I personally still feel very drawn to the live energy, even on a zoom. It's what will get me to show up. If there's right. a replay, I can always find more work to do. <laughs> I know. But if I stop, I stop. And so for me personally, going attending live on for a lot of reasons is great. But also for people, what's so great about being able to introduce you to my audience now, 
because I have listeners all over the world, is that someone who wanted to learn from you in some capacity could, you know, that they could find a way to, to learn from you. Whereas before, everybody was just in their locations. Now you can right. learn from dance teachers here, based here in Los Angeles or learn from teachers that are in New York or, you know, it, there's a lot of opportunity that has opened up that way. Exactly. I mean, this summer, um, I did, I did want to take the Ailey's um, teacher certificate. So being in LA, I didn't have to fly. I didn't have to do anything. I just did it through Zoom. Yes, it was difficult. Yes, it was different. But it gave me the opportunity of being able to take the class without flying out there, without paying for the hotel, if, if, because it's a week long. So that's a lot of expenses that you're cutting down as well. So yeah. it opens up the world as far as we're from each other we can find a way to connect. As you know, my open classes, we do have people coming in from all over the States. Yeah. We have Seattle, Washington, DC, um, uh, Missouri, I think I, I can't remember, but we have multiple different locations, people coming in different places. And, and uh, that's what makes it super exciting. When we did the performance for the first time in April, we did have audience watching us from Ecuador, Turkey, mm-hmm. uh, like other countries, which yeah. made it so much more amazing. <laughs> um, I watched just the other day a performance that was done in Berlin. And I'm like, uh-huh. I feel so lucky because <laughs> old days, there was no way. No one would do streaming. Everyone was like, oh, you should be here, live performance, <laughs> right? But yeah. now it opened up this possibility of, of seeing, experiencing, and being in these different worlds. Yes. Oh, that's so wonderful. Well, I, I know um, two quick things. I'm sure they're not really quick. But if you were going to, as we wrap up, if you were going to close on two thoughts of, of guidance for one, for I really do, I've been fortunate as a visual artist to be able to continue on with my trajectory. I have an online business. I, I, that's how I built it. So for me, there wasn't a big shift, but embracing, like we've talked about this idea of taking performative arts, you know, from theater and, uh, my, my man, Sean, he is an improv teacher at the groundlings. Mm. There's no improv is actually very challenging to do on a computer. (laughs) Like there's so much interaction with your scene partner and, so his work is completely non-existent in, in that form. But he's also come up with ways of starting to build an online, you know, creations around that and just thinking outside of the box as well. So what could you offer in particular to performers who may be listening, whether it's musicians or people who are used to having an audience that they could take some steps to be open and maybe reinvent. And I still think we're maybe on the verge of, of creating art forms that we didn't know 
existed. Like as you're talking, I'm imagining, wow, what if we got a whole bunch of different art expressions together and it was like this traveling, I don't know. It just feels so possible. You know, the other things feel possible. So what would mm-hmm. you offer to someone in that place? And also to someone who may be brand new to dance? So two, two part question. I think as an artist, I would really recommend the artist to look at these new challenges, not as the walls built in front of them. Um, instead of thinking walls and, oh my God, this is impossible to break. I have to take a break and I can't, I can't, I can't do anything. Instead of feeling stuck, um, maybe look at it from a perspective of curiosity. And when we were kids, we would play and nothing was limiting. There was no limitation. It, it was endless. The creativity, the imagination was endless. So maybe looking that challenge as something to be curious, as something to not to get rid of, but repurpose and use it your own way to come up with your own new way, as you said, come up with your own new way approaching to art and creating new art form from it. Um, that will be my my um, suggestion to the artists. Um, and the second one, what was the second one? Well, if someone is listening and they have always thought about trying dance, but they feel intimidated by it, but maybe we've piqued their interest. <laughs> maybe I would say, I would say, what would you take, say? A, take a deep breath and... It's really for you, not for the teacher, not for the person next to you, not for anyone else, just for you. So it's good that you care, you want to do your best, but you should get into there thinking it's fun. I just want to have fun. I just want to see something different. I just want to try something different. I guess look at it from adventure perspective rather than, oh my God, I have to exercise and this is crazy. I can't do this. Like, don't talk yourself out of it. See it as an (laughs) adventure. (laughs) See it as an adventure and see it as a game. See it as a play and see where that can take you. I think the most important thing for all of us to remember, there is always that child in us that is somewhere in there. You might have pushed it beyond underneath the surface but uh, it's still in you and it still is crying for your attention it's still that's the that's the voice that you're hearing maybe I should take a dance class that's the voice that you're hearing don't ignore that voice let that voice to come out and take you to to the place that can that can you might not be think possible but can go so many other places oh nice (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so inspiring. Um, I love that. I love that. I wanted to go on a whole other tangent, but like I said, I'm sure I could talk to you countless hours. I was just, I will just share this briefly because it's fresh in my mind when you were talking about um, this metaphor. It came as a metaphor to me of just, I get so much just listening to my dance teachers too, when you're talking about the art form of how it's sometimes much 
harder and that want to get this right when you're dancing, but not like fully in that it's mm. actually harder physically. And yesterday right. I was feeling it in my back and how I was relating that to as a, a metaphor in life and which might be very easy for us to do right now if we're not being conscientious of being adventurous and staying curious is you know, not fully stepping into the experience of life. And if we're not going to do it, when are we? And if, if this time has shown us one thing, it's like embrace, embrace what you have, you know, embrace what's possible for you. Embrace every day that you have where you feel your physicality and you feel healthy and well, and, and really, you know, it had me thinking about, I don't want to be on the surface of my life. I don't want to kind of just do the moves of my life. I really want to dive in further because I think it is easier. I think avoiding the things that we love and finding resistance, you know, in those moments, the fears actually make everything harder instead of just doing the full dance, doing uh -huh. the full, like going in and really feeling what you're doing, but giving it your all right away, whether you know it or all, uh, or whether you know it or think you do, like you often tell us, yeah. and this applies to, to everything as well. You know, you always say, you know what you're doing, trust yourself. Because so right. many times we're just very much in our heads and we're not because we're not, we're in our heads, we're not fully embracing the moment and giving it our all. And we're kind of just staying on the surface of everything. Yeah. I and, think it's being in that present moment, yeah. immersing yourself fully to that present moment. So you can feel and live the moment rather than thinking about what you did wrong, the past, yeah. what you will be doing, the future. What you look like now. Yeah. Right. Just, <laughs> just leg be is right in there. the moment. That's one important thing. And what you're saying, integrity, integrity yeah. oh, of yeah. what you're doing, put everything yeah. you have. If you're putting the time, put everything you have in it so that, as you said, you don't put 500 extra efforts into it. Just do everything you have at that moment and let that take care of itself. Yeah, so nice, so nice. So tell us, where can everyone find you in all the places? Where can they find you on Instagram? You can find me on Instagram. <laughs> it's ibuyseda at, well, ibuy underscore seda at, um, no, no at, that's, that's it. At, yeah. At, at yeah. I buy underscore. Yeah. And it's a Y for people who are listening. A Y B A Y underscore uh -huh. S E D A. And yes. then do you have a website or you mentioned that you have, I do have well. web website would be Kibele dance. K Y B E L E dance.com. Oh, That's the uh, company website that you could go and find out upcoming works, find out about the tickets, find out about the company members, find out about the different things that we are up to. Um, I teach at the moment Santa Monica College. Uh, right now we're finishing um, the, uh, the fall semester, almost mid-end of the fall semester. We will have, I will be teaching the winter semester which will be an intensive six weeks if you want your 
butt get kicked. No. <laughs> what is that winter semester? <laughs> is it's that six, through Santa Monica College or that's it is. private? It is. Santa Monica College, six weeks, uh, Monday through Friday, basically every day, five days a week, um, two-hour class, 8 a.m. till 10 a.m., you're with me, (laughs) but it's flexible. So if you have to work, you can watch the videos and complete the tasks through doing that. Um, It's a very reasonable priced, exciting way of getting into dance, I would say. And then, so is that uh, open to all levels? It's really just people who are committed to the um, It's or? called, it's level two, which is, um, we're expecting you to know the basics and you don't have to be professional. You don't have to be super good at them. Just know the basics alignment mostly, which I go over to because sometimes people do skip the basics and they just come up on the level two. And so I have to go over, uh, information, which is fine. Um, and uh, I also do the open classes. I started to teach a basic level. Well, it's, it's more intermediate basic level on Thursdays, 5 to 6 p.m. Los Angeles time. And then um, I have the advanced class on Tuesdays and Saturdays um, through Zoom. Uh, what else? That's it, I think. <laughs> no, just that. Just all of that. <laughs> And the company rehearsals and the choreography and all that. And your performance. So I will, uh, with podcasts, I put links in the show notes and then I post these now on my blog so I can, I'll follow up with you to get the exact link to purchase tickets to the performance. It's incredibly reasonable. reasonable. It's only $5. Crazy reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, so we'll add all of that in there. And if someone wanted to talk to you about your open classes, probably the best thing is DM you on Instagram and find out more that way. Yes. And, um, and then get on your email list. So I imagine you'll be doing more performances. I didn't realize you had done some before. So this is, Um, I think so. I think we are already thinking something, another out of the box performance, uh, probably end of January, beginning of February, because uh, we already know that um, we're still in houses by then. So. <laughs> yeah. I think that's safe to assume. <laughs> <laughs> in a way, you know, I see this as it's probably in some capacity going to continue, you know, where you might be able to have live performances and be able to broadcast them in ways that right. you didn't think before. And that it will, because now you're going to have global people following you more will want to stay up to date with what you're doing. And so that's exciting. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for, I know you're rehearsing today. Thank you for sharing a bit of your, of your day with us and sharing some inspiration. And I really appreciate you coming on. It's very inspiring. I could take a million quotes of what you said. And Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And I was so excited to find you on zoom. I'm like, Oh, she's on zoom. Yay. I can come back. I can come back to dancing with us with the contemporary as well. I'm I'm glad you you did. Yes. All right. Creative Thursday is recorded and produced by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and creativethursdaycourses.com. You can find all things Sada Ibe at 
Kai Bele Dance. It's spelled K-Y-B-E-L-E-D-A-N-C-E dot com. And at Seda or at Ibe, her last name is first, A-Y-B-A-Y underscore S-E-D-A on Instagram. And it's kaibiladance.com forward slash schedule forward slash performances if you're just listening to this to register for one of the two times for this Saturday's performance. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Creative Thursday podcast, for sending me your messages, for leaving positive reviews, and all that stuff. (laughs) And all that stuff. Now go forth and create your art and dance beautifully and express beautifully. The world is your oyster, even during unusual times there can be so much opportunity stay curious and adventurous in the words of seda until next time friends
Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and creativethursdaycourses.com. You can find all things Sarah Kelly at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H-E-L-I-S-E, Sarah Elise Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. Dot com and at Sarah Elise Kelly on Instagram. And we will be sure to include Sarah's wait list in the show notes as well. If you'd like to learn more about her fall program opening up the week after this episode goes live and all other offerings that she'll have coming up. And yes, if you want to join us in the expansive artists, I am opening the doors for the last time in 2020 on Monday, September 20, what is it, 28th already? Oh my goodness. Monday, September 28th. Be sure to head over to either of the websites, creativethursday.com, and get on the wait list for the expansive artists, and you will be the very first to know when the doors open on Monday. Thank you so much for listening. Wishing you a beautiful, creative week. And until next time, friends.